Welcome to Canaan Bound Podcast, episode 25. I'm Philip Wells, and I will be your host for this episode. Today, we begin with God's Word for You with Pastor Timothy Smith. I wanted to uh, just present a, a kind of chronology of the life of, of Abraham, and we do that because we know Abraham's age. We know the age of Isaac when different things happen in his life. The same goes for Jacob and Joseph. And then using references and chronicles, we also understand uh, when the patriarchs lived based on the year of the Exodus, which is in turn based on the great benchmark of the Old Testament, the fourth year of Solomon's reign when he, when, he, when, when he began building the temple. And so we know that the Exodus happened in 1446 B.C. Um, I sometimes teach students a little rhyme that helps them rem- remember the correct date for Exodus as well as the correct pharaohs of, of the earlier part of Moses' life. And that rhyme goes like this. In 1492, the pharaoh's name was Thutmose II. In 1446 B.C., the Pharaoh's name was Thutmose III. I'm going to go back 500 years before Moses to the life of Abraham. If you think about uh, almost any date in your lifetime, especially especially the younger generation right now, those are pretty good dates for for Abraham or for Isaac at least. Um, uh, Abraham died actually in 1991 B.C., um, so it doesn't quite work for all of our birthdays, but he was born way back in 2166. So for the generations to come, there are all kinds of Abraham dates in your lifetime if you just switch the AD to BC. Let me just run down a couple of those things. And just uh, keep in mind that throughout the life of Abraham and beyond, there was another patriarch who was still living. His name was Eber. Eber was born in about the year, I think, 2381, and he lived all the way down to 1917 B.C., which is why the, uh, the, the children of Israel will, were never called the children of Abraham or the children of Isaac because their oldest patriarch was Eber, and he was still living. In fact, uh, although we're not actually told this anywhere, I believe that that's very likely why they were known as the Hebrews or the Hebrews that that's where that word came from, from this very long-lived patriarch who still had one of those sort of uh, pre-flood or antediluvian lifespans of, of many, many hundreds of years, 400 years uh, uh, or, or so. Let's, let's go into Abraham, though. Abraham is born about the year 2166, and Sarai, his... Uh, Half-sister, and yes, later his wife, is born 10 years later in 2156. We find those references in and around Genesis 17. Um, incidentally, there was a pharaoh named Nebkaure Achtoi. He was the pharaoh of the 10th dynasty. And uh, during his reign, uh, uh, Egypt broke in half so that there was now a southern kingdom and a northern kingdom, the northern kingdom or the lower Nile area and the southern kingdom, the upper Nile area. That was a rebellion that happened. Then in 2117, he was followed by Intef II, another pharaoh. And perhaps in the year 2098, then we finally come to the death of Noah. If, uh, if, if, If my dates comparing Genesis 5 and Genesis 11 all, all, and Genesis 17 all add up correct. 
Then in 2091, not long after Noah died, Abraham and his family moved from Ur and the Chaldees um, to Canaan, up along the, uh, the, the Fertile Crescent. And uh, it wasn't long after that, in about 2089, that uh, there was some kind of a famine. Now, that's 2089. And uh, perhaps as a result of the famine in 2089, um, a a, a war happened. I'm going to call it the War of the Coalition. And what happened was that Amraphel, king of Shinar, and the kings of Elisar, Elam, and the Goyim, or the Gentiles, they went to war against the southern kings, the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah and of Admah, of Zeboim and of Zoar. Now the northern or the old Babylonian kings were victorious, Amraphel's group. And Lot, Abraham's nephew, was taken captive with hundreds of other people. And Abraham and 318 of his own soldiers attacked the group, the victors of, of, of Amraphel's group, and they uh, routed them, they chased them all the way north to Hobah, north of Damascus. And there they rescued Lot and all of his household and his goods and a lot of other things. When Abraham then came back to uh, Salem, which is the city that we call Jerusalem, uh, he was met by Melchizedek, the priest king of Salem. And although there are lots of questions about who this Melchizedek was, it's significant in uh, that uh, Abraham gave him 10% of everything that he had returned. Uh, Abraham recognized him as his authority in Genesis 14, verses 1 to 20. So uh, I, I believe, although Scripture doesn't tell us that this was the connection, I, I, I suspect at least that the famine that began in 2089 is maybe part of what led to the war in 2088, the war of the coalition when Abraham had to rescue Lot. Then in 2080, Abraham's son Ishmael is born. And uh, and then not long before Isaac was finally born in 2066, um, Intef II, the pharaoh, was uh, replaced by his son Intef III. And then another pharaoh named Mentuhotep um, in 2060. Now, ten years, uh, 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 six years after Isaac was born, uh, uh, is is when Mentuhotep became Pharaoh, and then in 2050, Abraham then uh, 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 was told by God to offer Isaac, and of course the Lord stopped him. Just a couple years after that, in 2046, came the death of Shem. Now that's a very interesting fact that just a few years after Abraham uh, uh, gave uh, his tithe to Melchizedek, then Shem died, because there are those who believe that perhaps Shem might have been the identity of this Melchizedek, the priest king. Some people now also argue that maybe Melchizedek was a pre-incarnate Christ, a sort of angel who was ruling uh, in Jerusalem. Um, That's, to some, maybe a, a very unusual thought, um, and I'm not going to, to, to judge that either way. Also, of course, Eber was still living, um, a, a descendant of Shem who was living quite long after that. Um, but these are just the dates that happen. Then in 2029, at the age of 100 and I think 27, Rebecca, or rather Sarah died. And a couple years later, then Isaac met and married Rebecca, uh, who is uh, uh, Lot's, uh, 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 let's see, Lot Laban, and Rebecca was Laban's uh, uh, sister. So uh, we have another pharaoh, Mentuhotep II, in 2010. In 2006, Jacob and Esau, the twins, are born. 
later in 1997 BC, Mentuhotep III uh, becomes uh, Pharaoh, and in, uh, on October 4th, 1996 BC, there is a total solar eclipse in the Sinai Peninsula, uh, visible throughout Central Europe, the Sinai Peninsula, and into Western Arabia. Uh, NASA made that calculation. I'm just borrowing their number there. And then in 1991, two things happened at the same time. First of all, Amenemhet I becomes Pharaoh of Egypt, uh, the first Pharaoh of the 12th dynasty. And 1991 is also the year of Abraham's death. Uh, So uh, just to be concise and to leave out the stuff about Noah's family and the pharaohs, Abraham born 2166, Sarah born 2156, Abraham moves to Canaan in 2091, in 2080 Ishmael is born, 2066 Isaac is born, 2050 approximately Abraham offers Isaac, 2029 Sarah dies, 2026, Isaac marries Rebecca. 2006, Isaac, or Jacob and Esau are born, and then Abraham dies in 1991. I hope those dates are, are, uh, are, are helpful to you. In Christ, I'm Pastor Tim Smith. This is God's Word for you. And now we listen to Yo C by Spark and Echo Band. Yo C is Spanish for I Know and is written in response to Jeremiah 29, verses 10 to 14. I know, I know, I know the thoughts that I think when I think of you. I know, I know, I know the plans that I have for you. Prosper, thoughts of peace, none of calamity. Me encontrarás Me encontrarás 
it's time for the Canaan Bound Devotion with Pastor Tom Barthel. A sign to strengthen. So the Lord said to him, Bring me a heifer, a goat, and a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. Abram brought all these to him, cut them in two, and arranged the halves opposite each other. The birds, however, he did not cut in half. Then birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Abram drove them away. As the sun was setting, Abram fell into a deep sleep, and a thick, dreadful darkness came over him. Genesis 15, 9-12 How will I know that I will gain possession of this land? Abram had asked. He was so bold as to question the Lord God. But that's just it, isn't it? He had grown to know the love and trust of his God so much that he was no longer afraid to pour out his heart to God with his concerns. Do we sometimes try to internalize our spiritual struggles? When you wonder about God's plans and God's working, do you keep it to yourself? Do you sometimes angrily stew over it as if you're at odds with God? Abram could have listened, listened politely to God, say, To your offspring I will give this land. But he questioned God. How? I don't have any children, and I'll die childless soon. He could have left it at just that and shut his mouth when God said, No, it will be a son coming from your own body. But Abram didn't remain silent. He was still troubled over the matter. He believed God's promise. He trusted in the Lord. It's not that he didn't have faith. But the situation in his life led him to be distressed in his heart. He was uneasy about it all. So what did he do? He turned to God with his concern. God wanted Abram to know that he was going to deal with him in love. God lovingly conceded not only to hear Abram, to listen to his voice, his struggle, but lovingly dealt with Abram to help him. In Jeremiah 34, verse 18, we see that the practice of making covenants between two parties was still followed by the Jews many years afterwards, similar to this procedure. You hear the covenant oath spoken in Scripture also by figures like David and others. That also echoes this practice. May God deal with me, be it ever so severely, if I do not carry out what I have promised. God is called upon as a witness to judge in holiness the unfaithful one who breaks the covenant, that they would be like those they pass between. Some commentators believe that this killing of animals represents the suffering that the offspring of Abram would endure before the covenant is fulfilled. Others point out that the birds who sought to interfere symbolize with the, impression, the oppression and slavery of Israel, which would make it appear like God would not keep his covenant. Does the delay of God to give Abram a sign until evening also point to the fact that it would be many years, that Israel would endure slavery and his descendants would endure slavery until they were finally led back to the land of promise? Perhaps. While this does fit the verse, to follow verses 13 to 16 and fills in the context, it would seem more likely that the main point here is God is giving a sign to Abram. Abram is instructed to go through the procedure to lay out a covenant agreement, as he no doubt would have been familiar with. Three-year-old animals were of prime age, the best and valuable of the flock offered for a sacrifice. And so something true and binding is about to follow with which the Lord will make a covenant. Though Abram had to wait, 
and even birds of prey began to show up, he still, it shows, held out on God to be giving him that sign and was still waiting for him. He didn't despair when all was in place and ready for the covenant, but waited in faith. Why the bloodshed, someone might wonder. This was the solemn signing of a covenant. The covenant at Sinai would also be sealed with a sprinkling of blood. And Jesus tells us that his blood is the blood of the covenant for the forgiveness of sins. The writer to the Hebrews calls the covenant signed by the blood of Christ an eternal covenant. God has done all this for you. With his holy blood, he paid for all of your sins. By that same blood, once shed for all, you are forever assured that Jesus is your shepherd, brought back from the dead. So when doubts and spiritual struggles assail you, remember the love of God, as he concedes to offer you his own body and blood with the bread and wine. Remember that he lovingly wants to deal with you and wants to drive out all fears and concerns regarding his promise for you. Abram sinks into a deep sleep. God speaks to him in a vision and with a dream. When mankind is powerless, unconscious, God creates Eve. When he is sleeping, out of it, God gives dreams and visions to his prophets. All this further emphasizes that God will do it all. Abram will be unable to participate in the sealing of this covenant. God will do it all. Be at peace as you remember the promised rest in Jesus. He has given you his covenant, and he has done it all. We finish up our time together with Now the Day is Over by Tracy Fedke. In thy home.
You have been listening to episode 25 of Canaan Bound Podcast. This podcast was first shared in June of 2013. Visit CanaanBoundPodcast.com to learn how you can support the Ministry of the Wells and the artists featured here in this podcast. Once again, my name is Philip Wells. It was a privilege to be your host for this episode. We encourage you to visit wells.net to find a Wells ministry location near you. Thank you for listening, and may God bless your week.